herzlich willkommen zu Socks. Hello and welcome to Socks, so-called strangers. My name is Christine and I have called strangers to find out what we have in common. At the end of the day, one needs happiness. At the end of the day, one needs happiness. That was Jasprit. Um, Jasprit is the stranger I'm meeting today. She's 34 and from India. Jasprit is a Punjabi name and it means the one who sings praises of God. Jasprit was born and raised in Delhi and she lives there, but she has a deep personal connection to Punjab. It's a um, state in the north of India. Um, we're, while we're talking, she doesn't sing hymns like she's not singing praises of God but I sometimes get the impression that she's quietly humming to herself and that must be probably because she has such a such a good humor she's very vibrant and at the same time she's she's quite composed and her questions and her remarks they come as, as quick as lightning it's so good fun to talk to her and I very much enjoy listening to her story She has asked me not to insert any of her original quotes. And of course, I respect that. It's only the headline and later a short goodbye that are the only bits of her own voice. So um, Jasper greets me in German and she kindly offers to have the whole conversation in German which I think is, is, is totally amazing. But she not only speaks German, she also speaks Hindi, Punjabi, English and French. She has a master in German studies and she's working as a German teacher. And that's obviously currently online from home. And, um, and then we agree to talk in English, but she could easily switch between all these languages. And I, oh, I totally envy people for that. Jasprit tells me that today she's enjoyed her little balcony, as the skies over Delhi were clear. And that, I understand, is, is rather rare. And usually there's very little time in a working day, if you're not working from home, to enjoy nice weather, if there is. Because you have to hit the streets to reach your bus or metro to go to work. And Jasprit tells me that people try to live close to their workplace and I read later that Delhi has more than 25 million inhabitants. It's one of the largest cities in the world. And obviously it takes forever to go from home to work and, and back. Um, usually Jasper takes the metro to the Language Institute and her commuting time is only, as she says, only about an hour. One hour, imagine. But she says it's normal. Some people live in the center, commute up to two hours to their working place in the outskirts of Delhi. The regular working time is about nine to ten hours a day. And some corporate work is done in shifts around the clock. So imagine busy, busy Delhi. Linked with a global economy, some offices in Delhi are used 24-7. She shops for her groceries in a nearby shop, which is also open late. Um, she often orders her food online. And she says uh, life is quite fast in Delhi and hectic. And the distances are indeed a challenge. You have to plan ahead really well. But Delhi has an excellent network of public transportation, so you can travel everywhere easily. So I see Jasprit is a city girl. 
She tells me that her dad actually grew up very differently. He's the first generation in his family to move from Punjab to the capital. For most of her life, Jasper used to spend every summer up north in Punjab. And I wonder what life is like there. And she says that people have their family business, usually. They are not extremely career-oriented and they have a very different culture. Usually the sons, sometimes the daughters, are involved in their family business and they eventually carried on. Of course, there's also cities, schools, universities, but nothing's far from your place. Visiting the next person takes no time. And Jaspit says people have a very different way of gathering. They see each other often and they go out together. And they don't need a sophisticated network of public transportation like they need in Delhi. And she sums it up by saying the relationships are different. People are warm-hearted because they are connected with each other. Hmm. Yeah, Jasper paints a very nice picture of life up north. But, you know, there's no hint that she may find it more desirable to live in Punjab than living in a metro city. Um, she says in Delhi people are also connected, but people don't have time. After a long day at work, plus commuting and family chores, there's not much time left for socializing, obviously. So I, I watch Jasprit while she's explaining something to me, and I notice that she never weighs in favor of one side or the other. It's like she's holding a mental scale, like constantly making sure that her words are well balanced. She says the prices in Punjab are higher, but you can also find affordable places, and the people in Punjab are more connected, but so are the people in Delhi, just differently. It's not as if she was avoiding a judgment. It's more like she's not weighing pros and cons, as I would do it. She's comparing the pros of both sides, and that's, that's a really nice way of comparing. I would like to adapt that from her. So next time I compare my home village or city, I want to focus on its good sides and compare them to the pros of the other place. I'll try that. Jasper tells me that the size of the city determines the family culture as well. And, and then she explains to me that in Punjab there's a joint family system, while in Delhi there are nuclear families. Delhi is a city of immigrants from all over India. You'll we'll find every kind of person from every region, she says, every culture. And if you come to Delhi, you will, you have to become some kind of multilinguist or rather multicultural. And um, I later read that it's actually not only Hindi, Urdu and Punjabi, that those are the official languages of Delhi. There are about a dozen more languages that are spoken in Delhi alone. As I said before, life in Punjab seems slower, very slow, as Jasprit says, with a big smile. But the health is better there because the air and the water are very pure. And then she says, and I think that's really nice, in Punjab, if you look at the people, you see their skin glows, their stress level is different. So I need to ask her if she wouldn't rather live there then. And she quickly replies, no, she would have to slow down and she would be worried to find a job. 
On the other hand, to move from there to a new and faster place, that wouldn't be a problem. But then she tells me about a cousin in the north. He studied to become an engineer, and now he's working in a very different field in the family business. And she says, she's, you see that a lot. People, are, people have educated themselves, but they're not able to leave their families. So sometimes they're not able to grow in the way they wanted to. But in general, they're happy, happy in their comfort zone. And she sums it up and says, at the end of the day, one needs happiness. Jasper's father had wanted her to study science. But she says with a smile that he didn't force her. And she pursued her own ideas. A higher education was definitely expected. And a few years back, Jasprit says it was absolutely normal for Indian parents to choose their child's profession. But this has been changing lately. Jasprit reminds me that she can only talk about her class and her observations in her vicinity. She cannot speak about, for instance, rural India. She explains there are places where the traditional mindset is still in place where women are not at all emancipated, she says. So I wonder if her dad would have pushed her more to become a scientist had she been a boy. And... Jasprit, very wisely, replies, I don't know, because we are two girls, my sister and I. And she thinks for a while and then she says, yeah, some families still wish for a son to carry over the family business. So that mindset is still there, definitely. But she considers herself to be part of the so-called service class. That's people who work as employees. And that's very different now, and times are changing a lot. We now talk about the daily life of women in Delhi. And I can see that it's, um, it's a difficult issue. She says there are certain restrictions for women in India, and she takes a deep breath before she explains to me that, for example, she's never done night out parties at all, like, like a son would. Every time she wants to do the same, she has to prove to herself, this is what I'm going to do, you cannot say no, and this you, she's addressing, that's her father. Her father is very concerned about her safety, as parts of Delhi are notoriously dangerous for women at night. Although she's an adult, Jasprit says her dad asks her every time where and who she was going out with and what time she would be back. And these kinds of questions are not there for boys, she says. You know what? The mindset is males are safe. Females are not safe. We leave this statement in the air between us for a moment. And I can see in her face that we are both thinking and feeling the same. Women are not safe. It is a fact. And we must not accept it. And yet, how do we deal with it? Jasprit thinks that if girls have the same kind of upbringing as the boys... 
they can also protect themselves better. She explains, I still have fear going out at night because I was never encouraged to do it. But if you're brought up and told, do that on your own, you can overcome that fear. And I think that's, that's really a lot of food for thought. Because what Jasper is suggesting here is that if we raised girls to feel as naturally invulnerable as boys, or rather as naturally safe as boys, they would not feel like prey or victims. They would not feel smaller. They would, she says, they would take their stand. So girls would take their stand. I share with Jasper my own point of view. Um... I have a daughter and I want her to be confident and, and I want her to pursue her plans. But at the same time, I, I feel I need to protect her and I don't want to convey my own fears. So, so that's, that's quite contradicting and I'm, I'm searching for the right stance. Um, Jasper seems surprised to learn that, that we have unsafe areas in German cities that that women are not safe and in some places and yeah and i think it's um i'm afraid it's a global issue really as as jasprit said um males are safe females are not safe um i'm really fascinated when foreigners speak german well And um, so I have to ask Jasprit when and, and why she decided to learn it. And surprisingly, she answers a bit reluctantly. Um, it's that a tutor had suggested that she join a language school. And she chose German just because, and then she laughs a bit. The school was connected to the metro. And it was simply an easy commute. That was the logic. And I mean, remember what I said about Delhi and the commuters, and I, I think that's it's a very fair point. She had a practical reason. And then she stuck to it because she's a very diligent person, no doubt. And eventually she started to like the language and, and earned a master's degree from Delhi University. The um, She then joined the German Cultural Institute because... She said she never had a bachelor life, a college life. And joining Goethe Institute, she found that she could study with others, eat with others, find friends. And she just very much enjoyed the aura there. She was never a single hour absent. She has 100% attendance. She was absolutely enthusiastic about learning. So it started with a good metro connection and it became her passion in life. And I think that's just a wonderful story. For her teacher certificate, um, Jasper had to travel to Germany. And uh, she visited Germany for the first time 2014. And this trip marked a shift in her personality. Because it was a huge endeavor. It was her first, her very first flight And she says her confidence level at the time was a lot lower than today. Um, it was a very difficult experience to travel alone without an elderly person. That was really hard. She was only with her colleagues 
And with her colleagues, she couldn't really behave like, like she was feeling like a child, really. Um, she couldn't show that she didn't know anything. But she very much enjoyed the training and and she even traveled some days all by herself. And she remembers that she learned like every day. She increased her confidence and she felt really good. And people in the shops would usually address her in English. Yeah. And and then she she would uh, she would reply in fluent German and that was that was really cool and she enjoyed that a lot. Although she could communicate so well, she was constantly worried. Um, she was worried that she would lose her way. She was worried that she'd be stalked or robbed or that someone would steal her passport. And on the second day in Germany, she actually did lose her way, but luckily remembered how to get back to her host family. But that must have been a, a terrible scare. Jasper dared, however, to travel on her own again five years later, and she felt way more confident then, not very confident, she admits, but she was happy to travel alone. And she says it's just everything has to do with her upbringing. Remember, she only started to travel when she was already a teacher, and it took her a long time to overcome her fears. And she says she still has fears if she can do this or that alone. But she's making plans one step at a time. And that's her mindset now. And I very much appreciate that she shares this experience with me. Because I cannot imagine how deep-rooted these fears must be. And to overcome them must be really, really hard. So I asked Jasprit where she has lunch when she goes into the Institute for Work. And she looks at me like saying, what a silly question is that? And she replies, I take my food from home. That's the culture. And she explains, I cook myself. In bigger families, the concept is that a maid or cook comes to your house to prepare the meals for everyone and then everyone takes his or her respective meal to the office because everyone is busy and it's affordable. And what does she cook, I wonder? Because I have no idea what real Indian food is like, really. I know the European version of Indian food. And Jasper remembers eating Indian food in Europe and she just nods and says, oh yeah, I would accept that your version is not as great as ours here. Um, her daily bread is called roti. It's an unleavened flat bread made from whole grain wheat, which is called atta. So I ask her, do you buy your roti? Where do you buy your roti? And she looks at me really sternly and says, Please, every single person in India makes this at home. Okay. I asked Jasprit how she makes her roti, but she can't really explain. It's for her like washing hands, something you just know. You add wheat and water, you roll out the dough, you bake it in a pan, done. Hmm. If you stuff your roti with herbs or spices or vegetables, it becomes a prata. And for her flour, her atta, Jasprit prefers the MP atta. 
An MP is short for the region, Madhya Pradesh. And she says that the flower tastes um, slightly different depending on the origin. She also eats non-veg, which is rather unusual. In India, it's not easy to get a wide selection of meat, which is mostly chicken, mutton and some fish. Because beef is generally taboo. I never felt like trying beef, Jasprit says. She cannot even say if it's for her religion or because she was simply never offered any. Her family's religion is Sikhism, which allows eating non-vegetarian food. Traditions are passed on from parents to children. And Jasprit says that family ties in India are extremely tight. The culture, the language, the traditions, they're all passed on to the younger generation. And she points out that new ideas come from living alone. I think that's a really clever thought. Unlike in Europe, children in India don't leave their parents when they're 17 or 18. It's still not considered good if a child is leaving a parent, Jasprit says. Even at 25 or 30, it's considered that if he or she leaves, she's not looking after the parents. She's not a good child. And this is mostly the case for boys, because girls are anyway told to marry and move into their husband's home. Again, Jasprit doesn't want to generalize. And of course, there are now all kinds of families, especially in the cities. But the core of the average Indian family concept is still quite traditional. Jasprit mentions that there are places in Punjab where no single son would live away from his parents ever. It's a joint family. The parents, the husbands, the wives, the kids, even the grown-up kids, everyone is together under one roof. And then she says, well, if you live with 10 people, you just cannot experiment in your own life. It's only when you're single that you can explore. And then she smiles. And I ask what she thinks of the joint family concept. But no, she will not judge one life or the other. She says, see, for example, the children in the families are looked after by many people. So not only the mother has to worry about the kids. But people in joint families have to adjust to every kind of temperament. So the conflicts are definitely there. And she says, you know, between you and me, I wasn't brought up like that. I just cannot stand if, say, five people come to my place and stay for five days. Ugh. I mean, two persons can come. If they help me with my work, yeah, I would appreciate that. In... My family, I've always had time for my education and my career and my own activities. There is disadvantages. It's like, yes, you have loneliness and you don't have so many people around. Jasprit summarizes her thoughts perfectly. She says, what suits you is the best. And I didn't choose to live my life like this. It's my habit. I don't want any dependency. It's my nature. I am an individual, and as an individual, I'm like this. Wow. Thank you so much, Jasprit, for opening a window into your life. 
I really appreciate your courage to talk to me. I'm very impressed by what a strong and independent individual you are. Indeed. You said at the end of the day, one needs happiness. And this is a motto I can, I want to fondly remember from our conversation. I learned so much. Maybe I'll try to get Atta somewhere, make my own roti. Be in touch, Jasper. Don't be a stranger. Fantastic. Vielen, vielen Dank, Jasper. Es war mir ein großes Vergnügen. Ja. Danke sehr. Ich melde mich bald und vielen, vielen Dank. Schönen Tag noch. Dir auch. Tschüss. <lacht> Tschüss. This was Socks, so-called strangers. I hope you enjoyed the episode. A transcript in English and German and photos of all episodes can be found at socalledstrangers.de. For questions or comments, please contact me at socalledstranger, one stranger, at gmx.net. Don't be a stranger. <laughs>